Welcome to Never Just a Dog. I'm your host, John Littlefair, and I'm so thrilled to bring you this episode. My guest is Angie Rajbandari, the creator of a YouTube channel, which I adore, called Zazu Talks. Originally born in Nepal and now residing in sunny California, her family has embraced the rich Nepalese Hindu tradition of Kuka Tiha, a day dedicated to celebrating the bond between humans and their dogs. Angie and her two beloved dogs, Zazu and Wally, have a heartwarming tale of tradition, love and canine companionship. And what makes this episode even more special is that today is Kukatiha, the very day when Angie and her family, along with countless others in Nepal and around the world, pay tribute to the unwavering loyalty of their canine companions. Angie's journey from her Nepalese roots to her life in California is a testament to the enduring power of tradition and the unbreakable bond between humans and their canine companions. In the spirit of Kuka Tiha, let's take a moment to appreciate the love, joy, and companionship our dogs bring to our lives. Great to have you with me, Angie. I've got to say, we'll get back to this later, but I love, love, love your Zazu Talks YouTube channel. Yeah, thank you so much. It's fun. It's fun making videos with the pups. Whereabouts in California are you? Uh, Northern California. So San Francisco is about 30 minutes from where I am. One of my favorite towns. I've been there about three, I think four times now. Oh, nice. You grew up in Nepal, didn't you? Until yeah. you were 16 years old. What part of Nepal was it near Kathmandu? Kathmandu, yeah. It's uh, the capital. And I grew up there and came to US for my undergrads. And that's when my parents moved here too. And after my undergrads, I went to Minnesota State and I studied corporate finance. And after I graduated, I moved to California for better weather. <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> is brutal with the weather. It's almost five months of just really cold snow, cold weather. And I wasn't used to it because in Nepal, everyone thinks like, it's really cold. How come you're not used to that? We have the Himalayas every there, over there. But in this, uh, in Kathmandu, it's just a valley. The mountains are a little higher up. So I wasn't used to, I had, that was the first time I actually saw snow and experienced such cold weather. And I used to walk to the university and my nostrils froze. And I was like, this, this is just uh, a little too much for me. I'd pro- I think I need to move out from here once I graduate. <laughs> so that's, that, that was the plan. And then I moved to California and I, w- I started working here after undergrad. So what temperature did it get below zero? Yeah, sometimes the wind chill would get like to minus 10, 20 degrees. And I guess that's when the Fahrenheit and Celsius gets on the same measuring. Uh, I don't know what's that called, but it, it it's really, really cold. Yeah, that sometimes they would need to cancel classes because we it was kind of hard to even walk walk around the campus and so I'm in Perth in Western Australia and it doesn't, mm. every now and then it'll get down to zero, but mm. it's very, very rare, but it doesn't last. So generally winters are about, 
I don't know, say 12 to 15 to 18 degrees Celsius. What was life like growing up in Nepal? I'm fascinated by the culture and the people. Yeah, it's very, it's very different from US for sure. Because I grew up in a joint family. So that means grandparents, uncle, aunts, cousins, and it's like a big, big family. And there's so many things going on every day. And we follow so many traditions. There's so many temples. There's always um, something going on, one or the other. And everyone's very close-knit, always watching out for each other. It's definitely different when I came over here. But there's some, obviously some good things over here too. Like you're more independent. You get to do things. What what do you want to do kind of? Because in Nepal, it's mostly a very culturally like every all your decisions are mostly like going through the family so it's kind of hard to do things on your by yourself and just go with it but yeah it's it's it was great growing up in Nepal and I and I love that I grew up in Nepal because I can see both sides of the world now and yeah it 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 had helped you shape your personality as well that's really interesting because I grew up on a family farm. So my grandparents mm-hmm. and my auntie and uncle and cousins lived on the other side of the farm, but it was very family orientated. But we still had a lot of freedom, you know, as kids when we weren't working on the farm, because as soon yeah. as your feet oh, can yeah. touch the pedals of a tractor, you're like, you go out there for a day, which I'd love oh, to have another awesome. day like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'd go to town, and which was 11 kilometers, so seven miles away from our farm. But if you didn't wave to someone or say hello to someone passing oh, yeah. the street, it was deemed as rude. Yeah, and life in the city is just like faster and everyone's busier. <laughs> well, everyone would just be drinking tea and discussing their day and what they're going to do, the politics, news, all of that. And yeah, it's, it's much slower. <laughs> Angie. Tell me about the origins of Kukur Tihar. Kukur Tihar is celebrated as on the second day of Diwali or Tihar. So it follow it is followed by the moon calendar. So sometimes it lands up in October, sometimes it lands up in November. But the really ancient um, story, according to Hindu Hindu texts, is that uh, there were these five brothers who tried to ascend to uh, heaven, uh, where the gods lived, and as they journeyed on their way, most of the brothers fell behind and the only eldest brother was the one who remained. And there was a stray dog that was following him all throughout his journey. And once he reached the gates of heaven, turns out that the god Yama was disguised as the dog. So it was just like a test to see if he would take the dog through the gates of heaven. And that's when the relationship is established and humans and dogs are always considered to be like loyal companions. And in in our culture also, we consider dogs to be like vehicles of God. And also like we, we have Kukurtiyar, obviously, and also they're also said to be said to guard the gods as well. So it's, it's, they have like lots of stories behind the relationship with dogs and Kukurdihar is, I guess, one of the only days out of the year, especially in Diwali when it's celebrated. 
and we do all the cultural things for the dogs. Even the stray dogs in uh, Kathmandu and all over Nepal, people go and pray and like um, bow down to them, give them treats and stuff like that. When you were growing up in Nepal, is that something that you yourself and your family did? Uh, yeah, so um, in Nepal, uh, my gr- uh, grandmother used to, al- when I was little, my grandmother used to always do puja, which is basically following the traditions of doing the whole thing. And I used to wonder what, what this was for, because in Nepal, we just had like a family dog. Uh, we didn't like, we didn't have a very close connection like I have with Zazu and Wally right now. But we used to always do that every year. And I remember giving the dogs treats and putting garlands on them and things like that. And my grandmother used to tell us all these stories from how gods uh, have all, uh, how dogs have this relationship with the gods and you should always pray to them. Once you die, they're going to help you go to heaven and (laughs) all of that. But yeah, that's how we grew up. So every year we used to do that. And and I don't follow all uh, the pujas and traditions as such, but this is one uh, festival I do follow once a year. The whole festival goes for five days, is that correct? Yeah, the uh, Tihar is for five days. So the first day is... Uh, the first day is... Okay, we need to, is that Wally or is that... No, that's Zazu. I think my husband is here to pick pick them up for a walk. It's so hot, so we have to take them out. Like, So how do you celebrate Kuka Tiha with Wally and with Zazu? Tell me all about the ceremony. Yes, I, I know that Kuka Tiha used to be only celebrated in Nepal before, and now with obviously the internet, the videos, and everything going on, on around, like it's being celebrated all around the world, so it's really nice to look at people are doing it and like all the videos and articles that I've seen but there's no like cert like a set rule on what needs to be done for this certain tradition as long as you do it with just a little love that's that's all it needs and so basically what we do is we bathe the dogs that's like just a just to be like clean kind of after we bathe them we sit them down and we sprinkle some water that's like to ward off any evil for them. And after that, we use a red and yellow powder, kind of, which is called tika, and we put it on their foreheads. That's basically like blessings for well-being. And after that, we use jajanka. It's like a white thread, kind of like a garland. And we use that because it symbolizes um, integration of beginning with the end. Kind of. So my grandmom used to, I know, make that every every year for them. So it's handmade with uh, cotton threads. After that, we use the flower garlands. It's just to show a sign of respect uh, for the dogs. After that, we use the oil lamp and the bell. It's just basically to yeah, ward off evil, bring goodness and blessings kind of to the dogs. And um, after that, we just bow down to them and thank them for uh, their love and loyalty. Yeah, pretty much that's what we do. They're they're more like things that people do in between. Some do less, some do more. But basically, that's the whole tradition 
And after that, they get their treats and toys and all of that stuff. Zazu and Wally know it, that what they're going, going through is Kukur Puja, because they know that they're going to get an egg in the end, a boiled egg, and they're going to get treats. So they just sit so quietly now that they've done it so many times that they know what, what to do now. <laughs> It's just like, okay, the, after this, we're going to do this. They're going to put the garland on us. And after that, we're going to get the eggs. So they're like always waiting for that. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Especially uh, Zazu being a Labrador. Who's the bigger the the bigger gut? So in Australia, we have a saying that if someone's a guts, means they love their food. Like they just want, want to eat all the time. You, if you, you've owned a Labrador, so you know it's. Is the lab. It's, they're crazy about food. Like, if I toss even a piece of lettuce, he'll think that's like the best treat. Anything goes with a Labrador. <laughs> I trained my Labradors to love carrots. So I didn't really train them, especially Monty used to call it the carrot run. I'd set about five small ones up on the table in the lounge room uh-huh. and he'd walk in and he'd pluck just one. And then he'd walk slowly outside and I could hear his footsteps, oh. his paw steps. And then he'd get faster and faster, you hear him munching, and then he'd come and get the next one. And I videoed it. I've got a video somewhere. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to share with me. I, I like to watch that. How did Zazu come into your life? My boyfriend then, now husband, always said, you need to get a dog. Because I've never had my own dog. So it was, I didn't want the additional responsibility of looking after another living creature kind of. Thing. So I was like, no, it's too much work, kind of. But he knew that bringing a dog into my life would change things, I guess. So he actually surprised me with Zazu. And when he was three months old, this little thing, and I had no idea how to look after a dog because there were other people who used to look after our dogs back in Nepal. So when he got Zazu, I was... For a couple of weeks, I was like, maybe we should give him back because I don't know how to look after a dog. And it's, this is just too much because every time I touched him, I was like, oh, I need to wash my hands. I need to sanitize my hands. Um, am I doing this right? Why is he peeing and pooping everywhere? It was crazy. But <laughs> it, it after that phase, it was just over. He He basically like changed my life kind of. Because I think after Zazu, I just become became much more calmer. I mean, I think I started prioritizing things what, which, which are important to me better, kind of. And even with work, I had a lot of stress. And every time I came home, he was like, like happiness to me. Yeah, he, he, he brings a lot of happiness to me. He's like, definitely special for me. And... And Zazu Talks was also one of the reasons because of Zazu I started the channel because I used to take a lot of videos and photos of him and I thought like, oh, why not make some videos of him and put it on YouTube? It should be fun. It started just because it was fun and creative for me to do. And and I felt like I, this is this is taking off. So I didn't expect it to go so big so fast. And I just had a few family members following me. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is maybe what I'd like to do, like, full time. So that's what I did, and it's worked out pretty well. How did Zazu get his name? Was it from the red-billed hornbill from The Lion King? Uh-huh, yes, it was. We, Me and my husband are big fans of the movie The Lion King. I, we thought 
about Simba, but Simba is pretty common among dogs. I were like, Zazu is definitely pretty unique and we would love that name. So, yeah. You've inspired me to watch it again. I love that movie. Yeah, I have a one-year-old now and I can't wait till he starts understanding movies and then I'm going to watch it with him. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many characters. I I love the voices as well. How did Wally come into your life? Zazu was just was going to turn four and we were thinking of like maybe getting him a friend but I was like again in that space where I'm like do we want another dog it's so much responsibility so much work but like knowing Zazu he is such an easy dog to handle we can leave him with anybody and he'd just give me food and I'll rest through the day so he's not a it's not hard to look after him at all. He's very easy. And ever since he was a puppy too, he, he's just been so mellow and so like good. Like it, it doesn't even feel like you have a dog with Zazu because he's so mellow. He is also a therapy dog. So basically we, um, he used to go to hospitals and elderly care homes and like basically provide therapy for people in San Francisco. Uh, but we stopped doing that after the pandemic. And we thought, I think that's uh, that's w- what he could do. And that's uh, that's enough of his work that needs to be done. He he was a therapy dog for quite a few years because he's just so calm and so patient. And he's sometimes we were like, he's not a dog. He's just like half human kind of situation. But that, yeah, so when he was turning four, we were like, we, we should get another dog. And my husband warned me. Zazu's not a dog. He's like half human. He's he's such an easy dog. You don't know what do- how dogs really are. And I'm like, no. See, Z- I thought it was because of me, Zazu was like that. I didn't know like dogs come with their own personality. So when uh, we decided to get Wally, we wanted a little more energetic dog because Zazu was so mellow. And I know that other labs, some labs are very energetic and active too, but but then uh, I was like, yeah, sure, we, we want a German shorthead pointer because I saw one at dog park and I was like, oh my God, they're such beautiful dogs and and all that. We got Wally and he's a little hurricane. He's just like, oh my, after, I think um, it took me like at least six months to get used to him because he was like all over the place. He was crazy. And he had just so much energy. Even now, if we don't take him on off-leash walks, uh, hikes every day, he will like bounce off walls kind of energy. And he's six already. And yeah, he, 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 he is a dog. He is crazy energy, crazy active. And that's, and we were like, is this ever going to work out? Cause Zazu is so mellow and he's so active. I wanted a little more active dog, not a crazy active dog. But after after all these years, it's just like so nice to see them together because like Wally's always resting on Zazu. And whenever we watch them through the doggy cam when we're out, they're always like together with, with each other. And Wally always follows Zazu around. And yeah, it's just like so nice to see. I feel like all everyone who has dogs should have like another dog because they, they, I feel like they need some companionship. Zazu's like, oh yeah, you don't need to be around me. But Wally's like, oh, I love you. Can I put my head on you? Kind of. 
And you guys went back to Nepal recently, yeah? Yeah. Uh, my son just turned one recently and we wanted to go back and just see family who can travel. Like my great, my grandparents, my son's great grandparents, they hadn't seen him. So it was fun to, for him to see Nepal as well as my grandparents to get to see him. And my husband's family is also over there. So is it a long flight from California to? So do you fly directly to Nepal? No, it's never a direct flight. It's usually stops in like um, Turkey, Hong Kong, Japan, depending on the route you take. But it travel time should with the transit probably close to thirty hours. Wow, it's brutal. <laughs> oh, that is brutal, especially with the little one. So, so your son's just turned one. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Bihan. So Bihan means uh, morning dawn in uh, Nepali. How did the dogs react firstly to having this new little human in the house? Oh yeah, um, first they were just. I, I did put up a video of that as well. They were just constantly sniffing him and like, what is this thing? This thing cries a lot. <laughs> Zazu didn't want to do anything with the baby. He he was like hiding behind the sofa. He's like, oh my God, make him stop crying kind of face. Uh, but Wally was very, he was very interested in, in the baby. He kept sniffing him where, whenever I carried the baby whenever I was feeding the baby he was just used to be sitting with me all the time to see what the baby's doing but now that the baby is crawling and like I mean the baby's walking they're they're like oh my god this is like a next phase of this kid and they're like running around from him so like whatever they show on like videos and Instagram and all these social media like you know how they instantly have that connection I think that doesn't really happen. It takes a while for the dogs to adapt to the baby and the baby to adapt to the dog. So yeah, it took a while, but now they're like cool with each other. Now the dogs know that he's family. Yeah, okay. Imagine dogs going, is this another dog or is this a cat or what? what is this little creature yeah. that, that cries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes a weird sound, doesn't bark. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Behind he... Because we get up every day and say good morning to the dogs and we kiss them. Bihan's learned the same thing and he's always like trying to kiss Wally and Wally's like, oh, I do, I'm not going to let you kiss me. He keeps running around, r- running away from him. That's because Bihan hasn't learned uh, that it's treats. That's how you, you just give them a biscuit and then... The- yeah, he knows where the dog treats are and he knows how to give it to the dogs. He, Yeah, he, I think growing up with dogs is... Is definitely special, and I think all the babies should grow up with dogs because they become more. I feel they're more calmer because they they just know how to react with other animals. Kind of, you know, to be patient and calm and gentle. What was it like going back to Nepal? Do you really miss Nepal? Do you still call it home, or is California home? So every time I go back, which has been very rare, the last time I went back was for my wedding, which was like five, six years ago. And before that, it was 10 years ago that I went back. So I rarely go back. It's just because uh, my family couldn't travel here, so I had to take Bihan over there. But every time I go back, it just feels like I've always been there, kind of feeling like I've never gone out of this place. But 
then again, I've been in the U.S., soon going to be in the U.S., more years than I've, I had been in Nepal. So this is home for me now. But definitely I do miss all the things like when I was younger. All the things, that, there's still things that still feel the same, but they're different now. But I do miss that kind, that phase of my life. But now home is California for me now. Yeah. Where do you take Zazu and Wally out for your walks? I've seen your videos, which are really beautiful. Do you have like mm. a lot of parkland and rivers near where you live or do you have to drive a fair way? Not, not a lot. We have a lot of um, parks and a lot of trails around here. We have the, uh, some parks have redwood trees, some have like the rolling hills. So the Bay Area is really nice for dogs because we have so many things to do around here, especially in when winter comes and there's a lot of rain and everything just turns green. There's no snow, but it's really green and nice. So there's lots of things to do around, like within like five, ten miles of where we live. So they they really enjoy it because they love going on off-leash hikes. And the crazy ones, Wally. Does Zazu fire up when he gets out? Does he turn into a big, big puppy or does he still um, stay calm? He, he's, he'll just stay beside me while walking. So he'll, he'll still stay calm, but he loves to be out in the nature and on the trails and things like that. But Wally is the one who'll take like 10 circles around the trail and come <laughs> back to me. And then he'll be like, Are we, oh, we're not going yet? Okay, let's go. Let me take another round and come back kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a beach close by? Beaches are probably half an hour from where we live, but there's yeah. a lot of places where there's where they can jump around in the water and stuff, the bay. So, yeah, they like that too. But yeah, California is very dog friendly. Take them out wherever we go, like to eat out and stuff. We have to be in the patio area, but they they enjoy that. Just last year or the year before that, we went to Washington, Oregon with them. We took like a month-long vacation with the dogs. We were working as well as we were going through those states. But wherever we go, we try to take them. And they're like, you have a baby now. How are you going to take the two dogs, the baby? But I mean, it just feels right to take them with us all the time because I'm I'm always like, even if we leave them for a couple of hours at home, I'm like, oh, can we take them? And my husband's always like, we need our time sometimes. We need to give them a break. (laughs) But I just feel like we're so close that we need to take them all the time. Although Wally makes it really difficult sometimes when we go to restaurants and like he's like, I want to go somewhere else, not sit around over here. (laughs) But they enjoy going on road trips too. How was it like when you went back to Nepal? Did you miss your dogs? Oh, yes. We were, we missed them a lot. And I bet they missed us too because my brother was watching them. And my brother is, um, he, he's, he's a little afraid to take Wally on off-leash hikes because he, he thinks that he won't come back to him. But he, he did take good care of them. So, but they were really happy to see us come back. Yeah. Getting back to Kukatiha, it doesn't fall on the same day every year, does it? It depends on the moon calendar, is that right? I don't know exactly how the moon calendar works, but there are, sometimes it lands up in October, sometimes it lands up in November. I have probably had to research it myself how the calendar works, but it's it's on a different day every year. 
So that I I remember in Nepal we used to have this Nepali calendar and they used to list it out which day what happened. So even now I look it up on like which day is Gukurtihar this year. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's how I know. <laughs> and you'll celebrate it, oh, of course, again. This yeah, year with the same same tradition. Yep. There's a lot of people who follow Gukurtihar nowadays, and even in my yeah. videos now that I've done it for a couple of years now, a lot of people comment on it and they're like, "Oh, we've never." We've never known about this, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. we're gonna try to do this." And actually, some people have all also sent me videos of them following it the oh, way wow. I do it exactly. And I'm like, "Wow, that's like amazing!" I I felt like really touched by how they did it with their families and how they're following it, and it's just really nice to see. I get really emotional even while editing the Kukurdiar videos every year because it's this is something that means so much to me and. There's a day for this, and we follow that, and yeah, it, it's very meaningful because I know, like, I know the dogs' lives are that long, and even Zazu's coming up to ten years now, and like one day he'll be gone, and I, I just have that. Since I've been following this tradition, I just have that feeling that even if he's gone one day, I know he'll wait for me when I die, and then I'll see him, and he'll guide me through heaven. It's just like such a good feeling to have that our dogs will always be with us forever. Even like there's a little break of when they pass along and then we pass along and then, yeah. 